It's crazy to think that we've done this 51 times. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. We are once again trudging through the swamp to look for some unexplained cryptid encounters. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Joining me today is my good friend, Miss Creepy Tales. She helped me read a few of these stories, and if you enjoy her voice, please be sure to check out her channel. You can find the link to subscribe to her down in the description below. Part Podcast Studio, Part Magical Refuge, Realm is the audio entertainment company that creates original fiction podcasts, including official continuations of popular franchises. Realm collaborates with best-selling and award-winning writers, directors, artists, and actors to create expansive, diverse, and immersive shows. High-quality story, sound design, and editing, like Game of Thrones, but for your ears. Available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow Realm everywhere you have social media at Realm Media, or go to Realm.fm. Realm has a lot of cool shows coming up, like Low Life. Low Life is a horror comedy featuring a chupacabra exterminator and a marine biology student who becomes become unlikely allies while solving a monstrous murder. Ever since the Florida swamps went feral a few years back, Brad Marlin has been killing chupacabras. But on a standard house call for a new student to the area, things go terribly wrong. Brad's co-worker is murdered, and Brad suspects it's not those chupacabras they've all gotten used to. A new monster is in their midst, but there's more than one secret hiding in the swamp. A missing millionaire's daughter, a top secret government project and a radical environmental justice group all collide to give this twisty mystery an explosive conclusion. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Learn more about Low Life and other podcasts like it at realm.fm, and listen and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories. Many people believe what they perceive in the world is reality. Everything they see, touch, smell, and hear is real, and will always be real. This always goes for things that they don't believe in. We live in a world where they no longer fear the monsters in the dark, believing we have discovered all the apex predators of the world, such as the sharks, the orcas, the bears, the wolves, and large cats, and we believe we are on the top of the food chain. While it is true, we currently have no natural predators, we are merely prey of opportunity. This doesn't change the fact that we are prey nonetheless. One doesn't get to experience the feeling of being hunted, of being stalked like a wolf stalks an elk. The feeling of dread you feel as the eyes of a predator are staring into you, waiting for you to make one wrong move. I was 14 at the time. I had short black hair and braces that made me look like the biggest dork you have ever met in your life. Funny enough, I was. While I played lacrosse and was semi-athletic, what I lacked in coordination and speed I made up for with a deceiving amount of brute strength, an amount that didn't make sense for my small stature. I was in Phoenix, Arizona for my annual summer trip to visit my grandparents on my father's side of the family. My grandparents seemed like opposites. My grandfather is a tall, semi-muscular man, 
standing at 6 feet 6 inches in height and weighing easily over 190 pounds, who never seemed to take anything seriously and loved to crack joke and tease others. My grandmother was tall for a woman, standing at easily 5 feet 9 inches, was rather skinny. She didn't make jokes often, but always seemed to laugh at my grandfather's jokes. The only similarities I ever felt like they really shared was their love for their family and their love for going on walks and hiking. They also owned a beautiful dog named Lucy. Lucy was a rescue when my grandparents got her, and such, she came with her own issues. She wasn't fond of bigger men and hated big dogs, yet somehow that didn't seem to stop her from loving any of the men in my family, including my grandfather. If you saw Lucy from a distance, you'd think it was just a large fox. Her fur was the orange color foxes have, and her tail looked just like a fox. In truth, no one knew what breed she was. Even after having become a registered veterinarian assistant, I still have no good guess. The only thing I know is that she is at least part German Shepherd, as she shares the same common characteristics. The only thing I know for sure is that she at least shares some part of German Shepherd, as she shares the same common characteristics they have, including the medium size, pointy ears, snout, and her love and undying devotion to her owners. The morning after I arrived at my grandmother's, they told me that they were going to hike up Camelback Mountain, a mountain that got its name for looking like a camel's hump. I hated the idea of doing this. Like most high schoolers, I just wanted to lay in bed and watch YouTube, especially since this would be the first year I didn't have my brother Jalen to keep me company. Jalen was my older brother, who had six years on me. He had just turned 20 and decided he needed to work to save up money for when he goes back to campus leaving me to go on a trip by himself. I wasn't upset, obviously this is a decision he needed to make, but I was sad about it. Up until 8th grade, he had been my only real friend that I could really rely on and open up to. As I was sitting in the car with my grandmother, I remember staring out the window, admiring the scorching sun, and listening to the steady panting of Lucy in the back. I looked up into the rearview mirror in hopes of seeing her smiling face instilling confidence in me. I yawned and rolled onto my side, facing the passenger side of the car and closed my eyes. While I slept, I remember reflecting on the story my grandfather on my mother's side of the family told me a few months ago. These grandparents only lived a few hours south of my family, so I visited them more often. My grandfather, who I will refer to as Papa to help separate the two, is a short, overweight man who loved his grandchildren more than life itself, but he took a liking to me more than anyone else. I think the reason for this was because I took the time to listen to his story. Papa had served in Vietnam when he was younger and had numerous stories to tell, a few of which were almost unsettling. He told me of creatures, the likes of which we humans have never seen before, living in the jungles there. He told me how the creature was more dangerous than the Viet Cong soldier or animal or anything like that. He also gave me survival tips in case I ever found myself stuck in the woods and felt unsafe. If you ever feel like you're being stalked by something, do not run. Pray runs. His voice echoed in my head. Don't ever scream. Pray screams. If you see the creature stalking you, do not meet its gaze. Most animals take that as you challenging it, and while humans are extremely capable creatures, being able to rely on adrenaline to take down a lot of animals, there are creatures in this world that will butcher us without hesitating. His words seemed to burn themselves into my head. All you need to do is make yourself look as big as possible and walk out of its territory as fast as possible while still walking. 
The last of his words echoed as I felt someone shaking my body a little bit. We're here, Josh. It's time to wake up. I heard my grandmother say while rocking my body back and forth. We both got out of the car, and I gave Lucy the treats I had promised her. As I stood outside the car holding Lucy's leash, I breathed in the fresh air. It smelled quite different from Indiana, as it didn't carry the swamp smell Indiana's humidity usually carries with it. The air was much thinner, making me more confident that I wouldn't be able to run nearly as far as I would be able to at home. As we walked along the trail, my grandmother and I side by side with Lucy leading the way ahead of us, I made idle talk with her as we walked down the trail. The mountains were beautiful, while well, one would imagine it just to be a barren desert there. There are specific parts of arid trees and cacti that turn into a sort of forest that combined with the beautiful blue skies and warm, almost boiling hot weather made it a beautiful day to hike. As we continued to walk, I felt this sense of dread growing inside of me. The further we went, I looked down to Lucy, whose ears were now up and alert. Her body was low to the ground. She sensed something near us. I began to feel uneasy. The mountains of Arizona had many creatures inhabiting it, which include black bear, mountain lions, elk, deer, javelina, coyote, antelope, along with a lot more. I looked at my grandmother who didn't seem bothered at all. This feeling of dread grew bigger and bigger, the weight of it sitting on my chest. Something was staring at me, and I could feel it piercing my soul. I recalled my papa's advice and attempted to make myself look as big as possible, which admittedly wasn't very big at all. My goal was to make myself seem like I just wasn't worth the trouble. I looked around trying to spot anything out of place when I saw it. Peering around from behind a cactus was some sort of creature, covered in black fur. I couldn't see its body because it was behind the giant cactus, but I could tell it was easily as tall as this cactus was. This thing was easily seven feet tall. I tried to avoid its gaze, not wanting to accidentally challenge it, but it felt as though my eyes snapped to them on their own. Its eyes were black. Not black, but more like they were completely void of light except for a small amount of yellow. Their eyes were beady and honestly soulless. The longer I looked, I noticed this giant hand reaching around the front of the cactus. Its hands was big enough to fit my head inside of it, and it had two-inch claws at its fingertips. My head snapped away from it, and I looked ahead. Grandma, we need to turn around and leave. I said trying not to show fear, but wanting to get the urgency across. Oh, but we haven't made it halfway yet. My grandmother said with a sound of sadness in her voice. I needed to come up with something to get us out of there. I looked down to Lucy who was still walking forward, but her head wasn't looking ahead. She was looking at my right. The direction I saw the monster watching us from. Grandma, I don't feel good. My stomach hurts and I feel nauseous. Can we please just go back? I promise we can take Lucy on a walk a little bit later. I said, trying to sound as sick as possible. I guess that is fine, my grandmother said almost disappointingly, as she really wanted to take me to the peak this year. When we turned around, I made sure to keep myself between where I had seen the monster and my grandmother. As we walked back down, feeling the dread continue to get worse, this feeling of hopelessness that you are no longer the scariest out there anymore, that at any moment's notice, something could decide to take you out of this world. When we got back to the car... I noticed we were still the only ones out there, which is strange, 
as it was usually a place to go hiking that was very popular. Lucy reluctantly got back into the SUV, preferring to stay outside and keep watch while my grandmother got in the car. While I finally got Lucy in, and I got myself in, I looked ahead on the trail. There was something, somewhat obscured by the foliage. It was a hulking animal of some sort. It had the face of a dog with its long black snout, but was easily bigger than any black bear I'd ever seen before. It stared at me, into my soul once again, but it never moved, only stared at me, which was almost scarier than it charging us. We went back home where I sat in my room, and immediately called my papa. Honestly, he would be the only one that would believe me. Two days later, my grandmother told me. She had seen something weird on the news of a few hikers going missing on that very same trail. She thanked me for convincing us to leave. I still have never, ever gone back to those mountains. Even as I've gotten bigger and more experienced hunting and such, I just don't trust it. I now carry a serrated pocket knife, that my papa had given me for my 15th birthday everywhere I go. I will never forget the advice he had given me. So, I and two of my buddies were up Lone Peak Canyon with a plan to sleep under the stars and leave the next day. So we got everything set up and decided to go swim in the lake. On our way back, we saw a single deer with abnormally large eyes and ears, and it had odd proportions in general. I've grown up in Utah Valley my whole life, and I've seen thousands of deer, so I know what they usually look and act like. The deer was sitting on a rock, like a dog, and it turned its head to watch us, without giving any reaction. Its head seemed to turn and follow while its body stayed perfectly still. It almost looked like its head was detached from its body. I decided that it was just an odd occurrence and that I should just ignore it. This was at 4 p.m. About 30 minutes later, we were at our campsite and we saw the same deer chasing another but it stopped and continued to just look at us for maybe five minutes. When we all looked away, it almost just disappeared. Maybe it took off as soon as we looked away, but this was also odd. Thirty minutes after that, we saw the same deer, probably two hundred yards away up on the side of the hill overlooking us. It stayed there for at least 45 minutes, just staring at us. The fourth time we saw it was later around 9.30 p.m. when we were in our sleeping bags getting ready to go to bed. The deer came up from the river that we were next to, probably 20 feet away, and just looked at us again for maybe two minutes and then went back down. The same thing happened again in the same spot 15 minutes later. It almost seemed to be checking if we had gone to sleep yet. It continued to check on us one more time 15 minutes later again. At this point, I was a little freaked out but didn't want to say anything because I was afraid 
my friends would say I was imagining things. So we all tried to go to bed, and at about 10.30 to 10.45, we started hearing something maybe 10 feet away just under the hill that led to where the river was. We continued to hear what sounded like a deer walking in the river and coming to check on us. Every time it would get close, we would start talking and shine our lights into the trees to see if we could see anything. This happened enough to the point that we grabbed everything and left at midnight. On our way down, my buddy said they kept seeing silhouettes off to our sides. The entire way down, we kept seeing weird things like a deer right next to the road staring at the mountainside at literally nothing, not moving or reacting or grazing. We continued to see more and more deer that were behaving oddly. But remember that we have all seen thousands of deer just up that canyon itself, and they never behaved like that. Please, anyone, let me know if you think it might have been something. When I was eight, maybe even seven, I had a disturbing encounter with some creature or entity. I lived in the Appalachian mountain range of Pennsylvania. It was November, around when daylight saving time occurred. I remember it was supposed to be a school day, but since the snow was so heavy, the buses were not able to drive out in the morning, so school was canceled for a snow day. I was so excited to spend the rest of the day outside in the snow. We had an acre of property, going quite far back into the woods. I was walking deep into the forest to a small frozen pond past my property line. Suddenly, the woods were dead silent. No birds, no wildlife scurrying around, absolutely nothing. I remember thinking it was strange, but kept walking. I really wanted to make it to the pond. I should have turned right then and there. But I was just a naive little kid. After I reached the pond, everything was still completely silent, and the hairs on the back of my neck felt like they were rising. I started to feel frightened, but I didn't exactly know why. I felt like something bad was going to happen to me if I didn't leave at that exact moment, so I decided to run back home. As I arrived back at my yard, I realized it was so late. The sun was setting. My mom was running outside asking where I was literally all day, and to never disappear ever like that again. Nothing of this ever made sense to me. I had only been outside for about 20 minutes. I left my house with my snow gear on at around 10am, right after getting the snow day call. It was almost 8pm, meaning I had been gone for around 10 hours. I have no idea how I had been gone for such a long amount of time. I remember only being out there for just a few minutes. I don't know if this was some sort of creature encounter. I've heard of a lot of lost time being attributed to being hypnotized or just being in the presence of these skimwalkers or wendigo-type creatures. Has anyone else ever had this happen to them? Was it some type of creature? I didn't see anything while there at all. I don't think I lost track of time, and I definitely didn't fall and hit my head or anything. What do you think happened? Please let me know in the comments below.
A little backstory about myself. I'm a 15-year-old girl, and I've always been shy my whole life because my parents treated me like I was an enemy to them. Anyways, on to the Skinwalker story. This happened when I used to live in California. I and my brother Connor were playing in the backyard of our little house when we hear this scream coming from the woods. A little something about our house. It's a 60s to 70s house, but my father took awful care of it that the floors in the house was rotting and the back porch was slowly collapsing, like it was very badly taken care of. Anyways, let's get back to the story. I and my brother got curious as to what was making that sound, so, like any other weirdos we were, we investigated the sound. So about three minutes of walking, we hear it again, but the scream was much higher pitched and much closer. So my brother Connor makes the biggest mistake of his life. He screams back at it trying to mimic this thing. And the next thing we know is that we see it, and it's charging at us. And we just bolted. We get back to the house, and I open the back door. I got my brother inside, and I legit slammed the back door. But after slamming the door, the entire floor under us just collapsed, and we both fall into the basement. My father eventually walks into the house after work, and starts walking towards the kitchen, and before he steps in, he sees that the floor collapsed and sees us injured. My brother had a broken arm, and I was impaled by a metal pipe. Thankfully, we both made a full recovery. This might sound strange, but as a child I used to see things, things that are not normal. And not just that, I also suffer from sleep paralysis, which started when I was 11 years old. And when I experience sleep paralysis, I often see otherworldly creatures or leave my body. Aside from all of this, I have had other strange paranormal experiences too. But there is one creature I often see. I have written about it before. This angel-like creature that often visits me. This angel-like creature is tall, shaped like a human, but tall with angel-like wings, completely dressed in white and faceless, but speaks with a woman's voice. It has told me many times before that if I ever have any troubles in life, that I might just call on its name. When I ask who he is, it usually doesn't reply but finds a way to draw a cross so that I can see it, and so that I am left with the image of a cross burnt into my mind. So, this one cold evening, I was out after dark. I was in my twenties. I drew cold air and suddenly, it seemed like I was smoking like a chimney when I exhaled. My hands were freezing. I was out camping with friends and my husband, and I had gotten myself lost. I left to go to the bathroom, but being a curious creature, the urge to go on a dark adventure suddenly distracted me. I left the bathroom and declined to go back to the campsite, 
I decided to rather go into the bushes, into that area, which we were not actually allowed to go. They had closed the area off and it made me exceedingly more curious as to why. I climbed over the chain they had placed between the two trees and ignored the no entry sign. I ventured deeper and deeper into the dark. I suddenly heard something. I followed the sound. It turned out to be a water buck. It ran off and scared me. I sighed with relief. I held tighter to my torch. Suddenly, the air became even colder. I ventured off deeper into the dark. When I turned around after deciding that it was too dangerous now and realized that I was lost, I had been met with a crossroads and didn't know which path or road led back to the campsite anymore. My heart began to pound a little. I tried my best not to panic, but then I heard a weird sound that I knew all too well. It is a strange sound that is usually made by that angelic-like creature that I mentioned earlier. Since I was a kid, I've heard it several times, and I knew if it was near, there was always something to be scared of because danger was always not far away. Like all the other times before I had seen it, bad things shortly happened after. It was only then that I realized that there were other familiar beings there as well that I have also seen before. But these ones I believe I've only seen once or twice. Three shadow figures that chased and hunted me down when I was little. They created the sound of this utterly evil laughing. Then I saw them stretching out their shadowy hands towards me, and they began to move towards me fast. Following the moonlight to keep themselves visually in sight, I dropped my torch and began to run. I suddenly remembered the cross the angelic creature drew before. I turned around and before I could even say his name, these three shadow figures just disappeared. Still lost, I saw a small narrow path that led from one of the main pathways that I was on even deeper into the bushes. I began following it, curiosity overtaking me again. Then I came across an old building that looked like it had been out of use for many years. I didn't have my torch with me anymore, but luckily it was a full moon, and I could see somewhat well. I tried peeking in through the windows. Each window I peeked in revealed darkness. It was too dark inside the building for me to see anything on the inside though. Not even the full moon helped with that, but I tried another window too. I decided to try all of the windows, and to my greatest regret, I saw inside the cabin some sort of creature. I don't even know how to describe it. I guess my best my best comparison would be a werewolf of some sort. This thing looked like it was messing with an axe, though, or carrying it or something. Because I could see it, or rather hear it, swinging it around. I ran back as fast as I could. I had no idea where I was going, but eventually, I made it back to where there was a security guard for the campground. I told them all about everything, but he didn't believe me and reassured me there was no such thing out there. Eventually, I made it back to my tent, but I never slept. I've never really told anybody about what happened that night, because I don't think people will believe me. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating, as that helps us out a ton over there. 
If you enjoyed my guest today, Miss Creepy Tales Voice, please be sure to check out her channel and scary stories. You can find the link to do so in the description down below. If you have a story that you would like to send in for a future episode of Cryptid Encounters, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. I'd love to know what story was your favorite tonight in the comments down below. I don't know if I can choose one, but I'd have to say, maybe story number one was my favorite. The detail were definitely interesting. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.